episode of the Mixed Witches podcast. It is the last day of February that we are recording this. So for you, it's already been March for a couple days. That's exciting. It's not really. That's kind of scary <laughs> that the months have just gone by this quickly. I mean, it is for you. I still have a day. Oh yeah, I forget. <laughs> I forget. I was going to say, wait, it's already the last day of February? <laughs> what the fuck? It's the 28th? No. Not for you. Like, for me, it is. Not for you. Either way, when this episode comes out, it will be the middle of the first week Mar- of March. <laughs> and that's just stresses me out a little bit. I'm just kind of here like, what the fuck? What is going on? I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> I know. Ostara is on... Um, the 23rd of March. I want to say the 23rd. I just looked it up this morning. I didn't write it down because that's going to be for a different episode. But I'm really excited for it. I want to see the cherry blossoms fall. Yeah. Yeah. So this week I'm going to talk about shielding. And I know I just finished out the whole basic um like basic topics but this kind of is a basic topic but also isn't a basic topic at the same time like it should be basic for empaths and we don't talk about that for empaths but the reason I'm talking about it today is because it's going to be one of my goals in March to learn how to properly shield so you know other people's negative emotions don't affect me as much as they do especially my coworkers' negative emotions is it's one thing for like somebody on the street to affect you it's another thing for the people that you work closely with to affect you right and being in the military you get a whole lot of negative emotions like everybody hates what they do you don't really find a person who really enjoys what they do. <laughs> Which is a shame, but, you know, it is the military. We know what we signed up for. At least I knew what I signed up for. Like I said, this is something every empath should learn. And honestly, I would say certain zodiac signs as well. Because, like, as a Leo, we tend to feed off of other people's emotions, like their energy. Um, such as needing to be in the spotlight, the center of attention, being praised for things that we're proud of, so on and so forth. And um, while there's nothing wrong with feeding off other people's energy, it also means that we're vulnerable to the not good energy that also comes with people, you know? My most recent example of that, because... 
you know, I'm a special, special girl and I thought things were going to be different. Obviously, they're not. People are still the same everywhere you go. But my most recent example is that I was at work and one of my coworkers' wife, uh, his wife, not one of his wives. It's out the way that I said it sounds like he has multiples. No, his wife. <laughs> was his one just, wife. His one wife was just about ready to like pop. So he was like just a stress ball. He was just a stress ball because he kept like assume like he kept thinking he was gonna get a call saying, Oh no, I've gone into labor, oh my water broke, blah blah blah, but he's at work doing work things. Is not close by, so on and so forth. You know, you get the gist. Point being, is his um, wife's mucus plug had come out that day, some of it. And like that morning at 4 a.m. and she'd woken him up, kind of freaking out, and so on and so forth. So they made an appointment with the doctor because the doc, the uh, on-call doctor told them, no, we'll make you an appointment. You don't have to come in right now like you're not having contractions, so on and so forth. You know, all the usual stuff doctors say, which is fine. That is the proper, like, it's it's fine. She wasn't contracting. She wasn't, like, in massive amounts of pain. This is, it's a normal thing for this to happen, right? Anyway, so he got to work. He was a little stressed out. Um... And I was just kind of chilling off to the side because him and one of my other coworkers who had a baby uh, previously were talking about it. And this other coworker was like, no, you need to drag her in. No, this is really important. Like um, the air pocket is could be decreasing, blah, blah, blah. You have to bring her in now and blah, blah, blah. And the, the thing is, is that... <laughs> Her pregnancy was normal. This other co-worker's wife, wife's pregnancy was not normal. She gave birth at 27 weeks. That is not normal. <laughs> and he treats everybody's, everybody else's pregnancies like they're his wife's pregnancies. They're not, obviously. His, <laughs> like, the co-worker whose wife was pregnant is no longer pregnant. Like, she gave birth just two days ago, I want to say yesterday something like that she gave birth but it was a full like week and a half before she gave birth after the first like scare with the mucus plug and this other coworker kept telling him you need to drag your wife in like there's there may be something wrong and blah blah, blah. and I I had to sit him down I was like dude this is normal in the U.S., you want to know what they're going to do when she comes in? They're going to fucking tell her to go home because her water isn't broken and she's not having attractions. She's not dilated. They can't fucking do anything. And her baby's fine. Like, this is normal procedure. Stop freaking him out. Like, he was raising his voice at him and all these other things. And I, like, there was a moment of silence and I was like, okay. And I reiterated all the information to him, and he was like, yes, that's 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 right. And I was like, okay, your wife is going to be fine. Go home. Go to her. Go with her to the appointment. Like, be with her right now. That's fine. Go do that. Stop freaking out. Like, there's no reason to freak out. And then the, the other coworker started to jump in, and I was like, no, you need to stop because you're freaking him out. 
And then we finally convinced him to go home, and that was fine. And, like, I was super calm throughout the whole thing. The moment they walked out, (laughs) I was the stress ball. I was, like, sitting there at the table, my hands shaking, my leg going ham, and I was just like, you need to get up and walk this out. (laughs) Because doing this, you're just going to get pissed. And I did get pissed because I thought the other coworker was out there, like, talking more shit to him. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) I just want to go home now. (laughs) Like, I was not in a good mood the rest of the day because of that. So the point I'm trying to make is that if I had been shielded, I wouldn't have absorbed all of that energy. (laughs) I would have been fine on my own. But I wasn't because I wasn't shielded. Because I never learned how to do that. So, like, all of that is part of the reason I've made efforts to be more positive on a day-to-day basis, because while I know about shielding and haven't actively used it like a dumbass, there are a lot of people who are low-key empaths who, like, easily get affected by emotions, who either don't believe in the metaphysical or don't have the information to protect themselves. And they tend to amplify the negative emotions in a room because of this fact. So I'm making steps to protect myself, which also in turn will protect others. So what is shielding? (laughs) After that whole rant, this has been like eight minutes, after that whole rant, (laughs) what is shielding? The Oxford definition of shielding is to protect from a danger, risk, or unpleasant experience, which works perfectly for us. You're trying to energetically protect yourself from the danger, risk, or unpleasant experience that other people's emotions and energy may cause you. Simple. It's easy. Makes sense. So how is it useful? I'm pretty sure that's self-explanatory. I've been ranting about it this whole time. Uh... (laughs) You're protecting yourself essentially by wrapping yourself up in layers of energy because people's energy can be incredibly damaging to you and they don't even know it and you might not even know it. So that goes for you as well though because just because we practice witchcraft and we try to do our best to connect ourselves to like the earth and to ground and meditate and see spirits and blah, 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 you get it. That doesn't mean that you can't be a toxic person. Like, we all have our faults and our issues, and there are times that you might be a toxic person. So, shielding gets talked about uh, usually in a positive manner, which is the way that I'm going to talk about it here in a second. But you can also think about it in, like, this way, too. So shielding protects us from other people's energy, but it also protects other people people from ours. Think of it as like a mask for your soul. <laughs> you just do the protection. It'll be worth it in the end. So how do you shield? Um, I'm going to list some techniques for shielding, but just like with everything else that I've talked about from the very beginning... Not every technique is going to work for every person. So shielding is personal. And as such, it might need a pers- like a personal touch to work. Uh, so don't get di- discouraged if it doesn't feel right. 
the first time, you just might need to search for something else. Shielding is primarily achieved through visualization, so most of this is going to revolve around that. And on the topic of visualization, if you're not good at it, you have to practice it. Everything comes down to practice in the end. <laughs> like, you will get better, but it doesn't feel good practicing in the beginning. I guarantee you it doesn't. <laughs> so the first exercise I have is an aura exercise, which is expanding a warm light through your chakra centers. And, um, and, no, on each inhale, which apparently helps align your chakras. The next one is closing your aura. So this one sounds a bit advanced to me, and it probably is from the way I'm about to describe it to you. Uh, but the basis is that your aura expands when you're happy and relaxed and throughout the day, just generally. So what you have to do is instruct your aura to come closer. Sounds advanced is advanced. Anyway... <laughs> You can physically pull your arms in or cross them over your chest to help visualize this, as well as like crossing your legs to feel how the energy is different from when everything is closed up tight to when you're all spread out like man spreading. So again, this is another one that's going to have to take practice and you'll eventually get better, but at first you're not going to be good at it. The next is to use meditation to strengthen your aura. Here's the meditation again. I told you it's never going to go away. Another one, which is more physical, but it's kind of restricted to the room that you're in, is to smudge or to use like live sympathetic plants around you to protect your, um, your space. And then the last one I have is creating an energy shield. So this is the most common technique that I've seen, and this is probably what you're going to see in books and movies. You probably have seen it in books and movies. Like the main character imagines a wall going up around them, and then suddenly the antagonist's attack just doesn't work anymore. This is it's the basis of it. So your intention plays a big part um, in this specific technique because your like protection from protection for a family dinner or work or from like psychic attack and so on your intention for what this shield is going to be for is important and uh, again this is like the most personal of the techniques that I've already talked about so when I've shielded in the past I visualized a bubble surrounding me with like opaque walls, kind of like an egg. And then if I needed to, I added layers of light on top of that. But I only did that when I was um, at like lay services when I was on deployment. That was the only time I used shielding because we were instructed before uh, the lay service began to shield so you know I did that and then I didn't you know run with it like I should have anyways <laughs> um, I've also heard of others like visualizing walls of thorny vines 
flower petals, feathers, brick and mortar, uh, glass, hedges, angel wings, water, like the list goes on. It really depends on what you want. Um, so you have to pick something that feels right for you and that makes you feel safe and protected. An example that I have from a piece of like media is in Blue Lily, Lily Blue, which is the third book in the Maggie Steve Otter series, The Raven Cycle, which I've talked about previously. Throughout this whole book, Blue does a lot of shielding. So Blue is like a psychic battery. People can tap into her energy and it makes their psychic energy stronger. But this also goes along with like spirits. So one of their friends is a spirit. And because the ley line is like flickering during this book, so it'll have times of high energy and it'll have, have times that it has no energy. So he's tied to it and he does the flicker when the line does the flicker. But if he's in Blue's presence and she allows him to feed off her energy, then he can stick around for longer periods of time. The problem with this is, is that Noah's dead. <laughs> He's been dead. He being done dead. We knew about it from book one. But his soul's been decaying for seven fucking years. So whenever he taps into her energy, sometimes it can cause him to do things that he shouldn't be doing. He can... Like, it can cause him to act more like a spirit than he should be. I say should be, but he's acting like he, he should. He's dead. And um, one of the things that Blue does is she'll start shielding herself against him. Like, she'll throw up walls. She'll throw up um, glass walls in her mind so she can see what's going out, but she can't, like, nothing can get in. <clears throat> she also does this. At one part of the book where there's a lake, it's a mirrored lake, and anything that touches the surface disappears. Dead, gone, another dimension, we don't know. It's gone, point being. And she uses shielding and this technique to get across the lake. She essentially tells it, take a look at yourself, and puts up mirrors around her. So that when she steps into the lake, she doesn't disappear too. Yeah. <laughs> that was my example. So it really does depend on what you want it for, what makes you feel safe. And that's what I've got for shielding. Short boy. I also do not shield. <laughs> <laughs> the two of us. I also I also am bad at the shield. I normally just wear my black tourmaline and just call it a day. I forget. Like, yeah, I just like back the fuck up. Everyone just back up. <laughs> Get away from me. Me and my black tourmalines said no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you talking about today? What are you giving us info on? Well, since we're already almost done with all the signs, I thought we could get into another piece of astrology. I bring the first house. Mm-hmm which would have to do with natal chart, which will have to be a whole other episode. But honestly, I think you guys figured it out. Yeah. 
first house in a birth chart is the house of self, and it is ruled naturally by Aries and the Because all the houses have natural rulers, I've touched on it whenever we've done sign. The first house is ruled by Aries, since that's the first. What a fucking concept. <laughs> <laughs> first sign of the zodiac rules the first one. So the first house is the home of your ascendant or rising sign, which is also, this is sort of like both the first house and explaining the ascendant, because you don't, I mean, that's not a sign, as in, like, it's not a planet. So it can sort of get lost in the sauce. Like, there's no other time to talk about it. Unless you're specifically talking about the birth chart that you would talk about. I think most people don't understand rising signs. And the funny thing is, if we would have lived about 200 years ago, when somebody asked you what your sign is, you would tell them your rising sign, not your sun sign. Because your rising sign is what has to do with your personality. Your sun sign, I'm going to say it, and I'm not sorry. It has jack shit to do with your personality. <laughs> it depends on where it is in your chart. And the sun... Well, I'll talk about it more when we get into planets. But the sun has to do with your journey, which is also why it's called your purpose. But I also like the word journey. Not because purpose is touchy, because I think they are synonymous, but I think journey is an interesting way to put it. It is, the sun is sort of, it's a spotlight. It's sort of why you're here. It has jack shit to do with your personality. So every time you read your horoscope and you're like, this doesn't feel accurate at all. That's because it's not. <laughs> because you're reading the wrong sign. That's because it's not, Mary. That's because it's not. My son is in the seventh house, which has to do with everybody else. It's literally the opposite of the first house. So sometimes I read stuff about my son. And I definitely feel like I am a Taurus. So this isn't even like, oh, I'm nothing like a Taurus. It's not that. Because you're going to take on all of your personal planets. We're going to get there. But your first house and your ascendant is you. That is your personality. So, we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to yell at you. Got a little bit aggressive, but I'm like, it's interesting. I was just telling my dad, I was like, it's interesting kind of how, like, when you learn stuff, and I don't mean just astrology or just, like, metaphysical stuff, but I feel like, this is just how school is in general, and this is around the world, because I've been watching a little bit off topic. I've been watching a lot of fitness videos, and the dude that I've been watching talks about this a lot, how we just don't get taught stuff. And honestly, what we get taught of is, like, spoon-fed, but it's also wrong. Yeah. Like, it's not even accurate information. A lot of the stuff we get taught or we get, like, told or we talk to each other about isn't even true. And it, astrology is one of those things where it's, like, I actually don't enjoy looking at it on social media or even, like, I don't know, hearing people talk about it. Because I'm just sitting here being like, that's not that's not how that works. Okay, That's not it, Mary. <laughs> Basically, when people kind of, like, make sign jokes, like, there's some of them are, are actually funny. And I get a chuckle. But most of it, I'm like, okay, but, like, that's not even accurate. Or, like, that's not even how that would be. Yeah. Or whatever. And I don't mean to be that guy at parties, but I'm I'm acknowledging I'm I, I am a Scorpio rising Taurus son. I am that guy at parties. I've accepted <laughs> it. I've yeah. accepted it. 
I'm sorry for anybody whose rising and sun signs aren't the same. Well, I just feel like that just makes it easier for you. It does make it easier for me. That's why I said sorry. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a, it's con- what makes it confusing is what I just said is like the fact yeah. that you just spend all this time thinking you're one sign and then now you got to do rising sign and that's your actual personality. You're just like, wait, what the fuck is all that? What does that mean? What the it wasn't shit? so hard for me because my mom is a Scorpio son, so I actually I understand a Scorpio. So I feel like I didn't have to do too much to figure out what it means to have a Scorpio in the first first house. But it does make it interesting. Like it kind of makes it. I thought this earlier too. Is like unless you know somebody's rising sign, all of this just flies out the window because you can't like do this for anybody. Yeah, like we'd make jokes about like people's natal charts or like dating and looking up somebody's chart and and what have you but i'm like i mean unless everybody else is has their son in their first house i'm just like wow you really wouldn't know if anybody's personality you're like yeah this this person's this sign and this person's that sign it's like but are they what's in their first house yeah they're not so rant your ascendant and (laughs) That part. <laughs> I have another rant coming. So your ascendant is the ruler of the chart. As in, you. it's very imperative that you know what your ascendant is because it dictates how you perceive every other house. Every other house is in a sign. And you have planets. But that all is in relation to your first house. It's a bit complex. It's because your first house is the way you perceive the world. It is your lens to the world. So the first house and your ascendant sign is the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the precise moment of your birth. Where the sky meets the earth, it's considered when your soul entered your body. Oh, that's interesting. That's deep. Deep. So, it is why it's sort of your lens. Everything, it dictates your planets and how you see your houses. And it sort of, to me, is, to me, understanding your first house does make it a little bit easier to understand everything else. Because when you're looking up all of the planets and the traits and, well, I have this sign in this house. I kind of feel like it's a little bit easier to, like, nitpick what traits you have and what traits you don't have because it's all going to come through your first house. Also, just knowing yourself. Scorpios are not known to be optimistic, but I have my moon in Sagittarius, and I definitely have that. (laughs) I'm like, optimistic is, I have that. (laughs) I am that. (laughs) That's not very Scorpio of me, but sorry. She'll get over it. (laughs) <laughs> she can be so, a bitter bitch by herself it's fine she can be a bitter bitch over there while I'm over here having a good time <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I definitely have a big three in personal planets that fight with each other it's just they don't get along <laughs> but it's so <laughs> it's not okay <laughs> no I'm kidding <laughs> so it is centered on the individual It is the self and the attendant voyage of discovery that defines a person. 
It symbolizes birth and new beginnings. So your first house actually rules your early childhood and, like I said, our lens in which we see the world. It is literally how you came into this world. And from here on out, how you see the world. It also is a good way to show, you know, what is your shadow? Because that is going to be no shadow aspect. If the sun is your ego, where is your shadow? Hmm. It might be your first house. Thoughts. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Also could be some of your moon stuff. I'm just, you know, I'm not here to be mean to you, but fix your shadow. Mm. No, I'm, I'm not kidding, but I'm kidding. <laughs> not kidding. I don't know you like Because I that. wish she would stop being a bitch. <laughs> No, yeah. I wish my shadow would just... Chill? (laughs) Just sit over there for a second. Like, just take a breather, Mary. Oh, my God. Sometimes it's like, why are you still here? No. Why are you still being an asshole? Your shadow never goes away, okay? You just have to befriend it. You have to hold it down. It's with you forever. Anyway. (laughs) We're not talking about shadow work. That is a whole other episode, and honestly... Not excited to do that. Shadow work is a lot. (laughs) So, in the first house is where we create an image for ourselves, either consciously or unconsciously, through the way we dress, the car we drive, or the way we like to present things. The first house is the house of your physical appearance. Now, I saw somebody talking about this, and it's actually made me feel more secure in saying this because it's something I always felt about, well, just a lot of metaphysical practices in general. And it's not to be like a cranky young person to seem like I know everything, but it's just like, it's how we make progress. And she is an astrologer. So I was like, well, you know what? You said it, so I'm going to say it. (laughs) Some things, this was made by people long, long, long ago. She also talked about another thing was how astrology is uh, people. What is the word I want? I still can't think of the word that she used. But um, all of this stuff comes from people. It is not. It's people personify the planets, not the other way around. It is people who is made it. I mean, literally made astrology, but it is through observing people that you put those traits on two planets that exhibit those traits. It's very give and take. It's very back and forth. Because as above, so below. But that also means as below, so above. It's very, like, you know, we also, it's the same way. It's both ways. It's a balanced relationship. Right. It's how, it is why we are able to look at each other and go, oh, I think that person is Aquarius. Because they show Aquarian traits. But of course, somebody had to show Aquarian traits in the first place. And somebody wrote that down. Right. That's basically what I'm saying. And then you stuck a planet with that. Because that planet, in fact, that's how they chose Uranus to be one of the planets for Aquarius. Because when they discovered Uranus, the American Revolution was happening. So that's how Uranus got the whole revolutionary trait. Mm. Because it was the synchronicity of, hmm, 
it's very funny that we discovered this planet that we kind of knew was there, but we just didn't know for sure around the time of the French and American Revolution. Ain't that something? Maybe that's, is that its fault? <laughs> is that planet doing that? Is it that Ooh, planet? Now that planet, now that planet and Aquariuses are known to be revolutionary. But the thing is, a lot of Aquariuses do happen to be inventive and revolutionary. So, it just, it's all circles. They all inform each other. That being said, we now live in 2021, and there's a lot of things we know that they didn't know. So, yes, the first house is said to govern your physical body, but we also now live in a day where we know that genetics exist. So, it is a bit, that is a bit archaic. I do not necessarily think your first house has anything to do with your physical appearance. That's your parents. I think it can inform the way you dress and the way you do your hair, which I found very interesting when I was doing these notes. And I was like, I like that they put that. Because it isn't just your physical appearance as in the way you came out. It is your physical appearance as in what you choose to do. Me being a Scorpio rising and dyeing my hair black. Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Scorpio Rising. My inner Scorpio was like, do it. Do it. It was black. <laughs> it, was that, uh, it was that Kermit the Frog meme. No, literally with the cape and everything. Yes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so, back in the day, they didn't know about genetics. In fact, we didn't even know. Nobody even wanted to acknowledge that the woman took part in the baby making. We didn't even know about eggs. That's a whole other different discussion. Ugh. We thought it was all the sperm. So trust and believe when they were building astrology and the foundation of it and writing it all down, they did not know about genetics. <laughs> and it's something I remember thinking because I'm not here to say what's true or what's not true. I'm just saying this is what we know. Because if you look up anything about, like, let's say, a Scorpio rising or a Leo rising, there's plenty of that stuff that I was just sitting here being like, wow, I don't look like any of that. Well, you probably won't because your parents exist. <laughs> and also, what are their rising signs? Like, is that going to configure in some way to where it's going to make you look like a, whatever your rising is? Like, I just, mm, no. That one we cannot. I'm not. That's That's sort of like how we talk about whether or not stones actually contribute to your physical health and such. Like, those are things where I'm like, I don't tip, I don't lay my hat on those things. We live in the modern day, and I believe in medicine. <laughs> right. I believe in genetics. I believe that you need to get vaccinated. Like, I believe in those things. I'm not going to throw those things away for the witchcraft. Everything else the stone does? Yes. That one, though, no. <laughs> <laughs> so first house, all of this, Yes, although not your genetics. That don't got nothing to do with your genetics. <laughs> I was about to keep going because I was like, wait, also, it's like a two-hour window. Depending, it, The sign changes, like, it, I think it said every two hours. That's a really, that's not enough time to change your genetics. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you literally develop for nine months. It can't, in a two-hour time span, you can't just change your face shape. Unless the, if that's the doctor's fault. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
that we blame the doctor for. <laughs> but it also governs our physical body in terms of vitality. Now, you also want to look at your Mars for that, on how you are courageous and in what ways you're courageous and you have vitality and, you know, maybe fatigue or whatever and what have you, because that planet will also contribute to that. But your first house is a good source of your, your physical energy, your soul energy, your energy. <laughs> I, don't know why I, your energy. I don't know why I had to say it three different ways. Your energy. So the first house speaks to the person we are becoming and will become, both internally and externally. It addresses our personality and presentation to the world, our essential qualities, approach to life, demeanor, and basic sensibilities. And of course, if you have any planets in the first house, that's going to be a whole other layer. If you have lots of planets there, then bro, your first house is hella strong. <laughs> and of course, if you have your son there, bro, that's your journey. You are on a journey of self. Whatever that means. <laughs> a struggle. That's what it means. A struggle. Bro, I'm sitting here trying to figure out why my son is in the opposite house. <laughs> what the fuck did that mean, fam? You're like, hello. My journey. My journey is about relationships, bro. I don't want those. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I still am sitting here kind of like, I get what it means, but I still got to do more research because I'm like, no, what the fuck does that mean, though? But why? <laughs> but why? And of course, as I said earlier, it rules your chart, but it also literally rules your chart because wherever your first house starts, obviously that informs where all the other signs on all your other houses are going to be. So it literally rules your chart. <laughs> also, saying it's ruled by Aries and the planet Mars, obviously it's okay if you don't have Aries in your first house. That's not what that means. It means just in just in the grand scheme of things, that's where Aries is. But obviously, if you don't have a first house, Aries, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Your, your chart's not screwed up <laughs> or something. That would be silly. Although I kind of find, hit us up if you have Aries in your first house. If you kind of have a, a chart the way it's supposed to be. What is that like? Where are your planets? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Questions. If you're at Aries Rising, let me know. Let a bitch know. No, don't let me know. No, don't let me know. <laughs> Never mind. I don't think we'll like each other. <laughs> we might. I have a stellium in Aries. Let me take that back. We <laughs> might get along. But I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> okay. Also, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't have, if you have empty houses. That doesn't mean, that also doesn't mean there's something, like, wrong with you or you did the chart wrong. Like, you, there's only so many planets, first of all, and you're not going to have, like, a planet in every house. I actually have a lot of empty houses. But that's fine, too. That's not, I think that's something that feels a bit weird being, like, you look at your chart for first time. Also, you have every sign. Like, your personal planets are one thing. But we have, you have every sign in your chart. So at some point, every sign affects you in some way. Which also kind of takes the guesswork out of it. Learn every sign. 
Mm-hmm. Don't just learn like the four or five you think you should learn. Learn them all because they're all in your chart. I see that a lot too on social media being like, I don't have this in my chart. Yeah, you do. Yes, <laughs> you do. It rules a house. One of your houses. You do. That's all I have about your first house is your personality. So honestly, if you're really serious about getting into astrology, learn learn your rising sign. I feel like that's kind of how I measure people now. Not in terms of I know more than you, but just to see where people are at. Being like, do you still associate things personality-wise with your sun or your rising and your big three? I need to know. <laughs> I need some. I need to know where we're at. <laughs> I need to know what level we're on. Seriously. What media do you have? I was thinking because this is about the self, but also about early childhood. I don't know why, when I was scrolling through our topic sheet, I was just like, hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't know why this is making me think of Brave, but it's making me think of Brave. Oh my god, I love Brave so much. (laughs) I want to say, like, maybe it's clicked in my head because Merida is very self-righteous but she also goes on a bit of a self-journey yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) her lens absolutely shifts the way she perceived the world at the beginning of the movie is not the way she sees it at the end her and her mother (laughs) no seriously her mom turned into a whole ass fucking bear a whole ass grizzly bear oh my (laughs) god not a grizzly bear i would be changed after that (laughs) I don't know about you, but I wouldn't see the world the same after I had to eat raw salmon and then shit behind a tree. Honestly. <laughs> oh, and then her brothers turned into bears, and then her dad tried to kill her mom. <laughs> a journey. <laughs> <laughs> there is magic in Brave if you have not seen Brave, because there is a witch. Yeah. And I feel like we don't talk too much about Celtic stuff, which we will probably start doing now that we've kind of sifted through a lot of the basic stuff. We'll probably get into more different culture and religion stuff. Yeah. What else is there to talk about? Mm -hmm. But it does kind of make me want to, like, watch it again to see how much of that is actually accurate to sort of ancient Scottish pagan religion. I could see the sentence going through my head, but it couldn't come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't want to exit your mouth at the right time. (laughs) At the speed that it it should. (laughs) So, Brave is a movie about a young woman who is very headstrong, very Aries, very Sagittarius energy. Yeah, she's got... She probably just has a big three that's just fire signs at this point. I just all <laughs> honestly, three, all three of her planets are all three fire signs. <laughs> <laughs> but besides the whole, I did have her in my Pinterest for Sagittarius because she does archery, but she definitely gives Aries energy. If anybody's an Aries, Merida is an Aries. Goddamn. <laughs> goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> goddamn. Goddamn. Poster girl of Aries. But <laughs> for sure, she's not a water sign. <laughs> uh, not even close. <laughs> she 
is headstrong and she is going through that teenage phase where you don't listen to your mother and everything she says is bullshit and is definitely on the side of her father in terms of I just want to do the archery and not get married and hunt the bears and her dad is like the quintessential man so that's that's what she grew up with. <laughs> her mom is very, her mom is, I'm just, I'm trying to be gentle. <laughs> I love brave, but I don't want to say anything offensive. And her mom is very much, a, a, she's very regal. Yeah. I actually think she's probably a very good queen in that respect. Very regal, very like, I want the facts, I'm not here for the bullshit. Y'all want the bullshit? Y'all talk to my husband, you don't talk to me. You literally have to take the bullshit somewhere else because I'm not hearing it. <laughs> she wants Merida to be to be a princess, and Merida doesn't want to be a princess. She also wants Merida to get married. Merida don't want to do that. She wants to shoot arrows. And beat boys. And 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 I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of words. <laughs> be independent for the rest of her. <laughs> she wants to choose her own fate. Oh, that's yeah. I was like, well, how how was it just how was it described? She wants to choose her own fate. <laughs> she wants to. She basically wants to do what feels right, what it feels right, which I respect. Yeah. And she gets herself into a bit of a pickle because she gets angry. That's the last thing you want to do: get mm-hmm. angry, get frustrated. You don't make decisions when you're angry and frustrated. Logical. And Emerita made a decision and turned her mom into a bear. Yeah. There's a bit of spell work going on, and the witch is a little bit. I mean, not a stereotype, but she a little bit sketch. <laughs> like I wouldn't trust her. <laughs> None. <laughs> her and her fucking raven are very, very um. Hinky. Yeah. <laughs> So she turns her she turns her mummy into a bear because of her frustration, and they have to go through this whole journey of understanding each other's perspectives, and it's very much a moral story of how we get along with each other. For her mom to no longer be a bear, it's very Disney Pixar. It's a story tale as old as time. Not Beauty and the Beast, but Pixar <laughs> and Disney tell this story a lot. <laughs> to break the spell, you have to learn a lesson. Yeah. We all know how this movie goes. We all watch Brother Bear. I love Brother Bear. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, fuck. How about Brother Bear but women? That's brave. Bruh. Yeah, you're right. Brother Bear but women and in Scotland. You know, not native. Not native. <laughs> But Brother Bear is so about good. Brother Bear, but women, yeah. I can still hear the song, like, when they're traipsing across the the plains. So good. Her brothers do turn into bears, also. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Disney can't sue themselves, but... So then they learn a lesson, and the family gets back together, and mom and daughter are now closer to each other, and they learn about each other better. And Merida didn't have to get married. And honestly, I would rather watch Brave than watch Frozen. I'll say it again. 
<laughs> everyone goes, oh, Frozen, and it was sisters, and nobody had to get married, and blah, 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 and it wasn't about romance. They already did Brave. Why are y'all up in Frozen's ass? We already have Brave. Honestly. And Brave is better. I said it. Yeah. I'll, Frozen's good, too. You know what I'll but, <laughs> You know what I'll say? Frozen 2 was better than Frozen 1. That's I still Frozen 2, but honestly, for not seeing it, why do I like the music better? Oh my god, that's because it is better. <laughs> Every, why is the music better than the original? <laughs> everything about the second movie is just, it's it's better. I mean, I like the first movie. Nobody's, nobody's saying that the first movie isn't alright. The second movie is better. This isn't about Frozen, this is about Brave. <laughs> But I feel, okay, okay, but a little bit about Frozen. I do feel like one thing I feel is that the character development could have been more. I think that's kind of what makes Frozen 2 better. Yeah. Just because you get to the end of Frozen, and it's like, yeah, but did anything really change? Sometimes I think that's like, did Elsa really change at the end? Like, she did, but did she? Neither of them really did, you know? Right, so it's like you get to Frozen 2, and it's like, oh, well, this is a lot better. Oh, wow. And Brave did it in one movie. You didn't even have to have two. <laughs> Merida learned her lesson in one movie. Merida, Merida learned Brother her Bear lesson. Brother Bear did have two. <laughs> oh, wait. Coda didn't learn anything. <laughs> but <laughs> I was, I was going to say that, like, Merida learned her lesson in one movie and nobody died, but her mom almost died. <laughs> almost almost though it's she like, learned her lesson in one movie we had an almost death and she didn't get married and she didn't Still. get married yeah Merida should pick her own husband he has to keep up with her honestly if they had picked her husband for her he we would have gotten to like movie two and he would have already been dead <laughs> No, seriously. It would have, like, started with a funeral, like, oh, no, I don't know what happened. It's such a tragedy. And her parents You don't even have to get on, like, a sort of soapbox on the way women are portrayed. And we've had this discussion on why I'm, like, I'm not a big fan of the whole, oh, and nobody had to do romance or get married, because that's not necessarily... It's not feminist to want to not be in love ever. Like, we got to let that go. But I would like to see if they ever did a sequel, like, what kind of dude she would be. She's an interesting character to do romance for. Yeah. Because she's not, like, the pretty princess who just wants to be with the pretty dude. Like, it would be interesting to see. It would be very Katniss, right? Like, it would be very, like, she would be very serious, like, not serious about it, but it would be important to her. Being like, okay, no, I'm, it's serious to me who I'm going to be with. It can't just be. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry who the comes by. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I feel like it would be, you would have to write all of that. Sort of like how they did Tiana, because Tiana didn't want to be in a relationship either, but that feels like their coupling is more authentic. Yeah. In that way. Well, it feels like they're actually like in love, because they had to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah, and on uh, like an added bonus for like if they ever did one for Merida is they would have to incorporate the fact that her personality isn't the typical personality for like that time frame that they included that as well and she's also going to be queen yeah 
So it also would be a good thing of how does how does this character mature? Yeah. How does she become queen? How does she do? You know what? We need a brave too. What the hell? I thought they had what one the planned, but like I don't know how far into the future they had it planned though. Well, they better get on it. <laughs> Disney <laughs> knocking on your door. We're getting a third Frozen before we get a second Brave. How did we get a second Frozen just because all their snotty little kids went, "Oh, Frozen," and we don't have another Brave? And 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 we're getting a third Frozen. <laughs> Um, we don't even have another Tangled. What the fuck is up with that? Oh my god! And I was and y'all sleeping on Tangled. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all sleeping on Tangled. I love Tangled. That's such a good movie. Fuck, man. <sighs> what do you have for us? <laughs> I got a much shorter topic for um. My media. My media is music this time. Ooh. And it's three songs by three different artists. It's Chakras by Queen Herbie. Queen spelled with a V, yes. not a U. Um, Magic Hour by uh, Janae Iko. It's J-H-E-N-E with an S. No, you said it right. You said it right. You said it right. I did? Okay. Yes. Janae Aiko. And then yeah. Just Like Magic by Ariana Grande. All three of these are fucking bops. Listen to them. They're great. Chakras has more to do with what I talked about today. Just Like Magic talks about, like, intention and meditation and all these different things. And I'm blanking on what Magic Hour talks about. <laughs> but it's good. All three of them are good. Magic Hour is about, like, I remember it's about, she talks about sunrise, and it's honestly just kind of peaceful. Yeah, they're good. Go listen to them. Honestly, the entirety of Ariana Grande's new album is kind of, like, magic-y to me, so, yeah. It definitely has a, I, you know what, a lot of people were talking about how much she's matured. They were talking about, like, she just did it in an interview, and they were like, you can hear it in her voice, and I was like, bro... She's just a whole new woman now. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Not that I didn't like the way she was before, but she's a whole new woman now. I'll sleep it on it. No, I'm kidding. Nobody's <laughs> sleeping on her. She's breaking records. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I have. Janae, I go, that song comes on the, the uh, Columbo album, which is her actual last name. And that has a lot of magic songs. Magical E songs, magic E, whatever. Magic E. Because I, my favorite song is the song Speak, because it was talking about her getting out of a relationship and you kind of coming into your mind. Also, there's a song called Lotus, which is kind of like a myth story. Mm. She's just, she's just got the whole spirituality thing. Yeah. That. And Queen Herbie is just, she's from Nebraska. I was just like, how are you from bumfuck nowhere and you're just making bops? Honestly. I looked it up. I was like, she's from Nebraska? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nebraska of all places? Like, aren't you guys Seriously. snowed in 90% of the year? <laughs> she also has a song called Mission that I like. I have it on my Align Your Shockers. 
Oh, and also she has a BDE, which is big dick energy. <laughs> right, I remember you telling me about that one. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> you know what? Listen to today, I go for your divine feminine, and then go listen to Queen Herbie for your divine masculine. Yes. She'll make you feel like that bitch. And like, I walked in the room today. You should be proud. <laughs> like, that kind of energy. Like, I showed up today. I you showed up, and y'all should. <laughs> it's a blessing for all of you. Like, you... y'all should stand up when I walk in the room, honestly. <laughs> you know that meme? <laughs> That it's like the gods have chosen to let me live another day and I'm about to make it everybody's problem. (laughs) (laughs) That, but I'm about to make it everybody's blessing. (laughs) I might make it everybody's problem. Depends on how you treat me. (laughs) Fair enough. It's a problem or a blessing. Your choice. You choose, bud. You choose if it's a problem or a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to hear more from us, our antics you can find us on instagram and on twitter just search you for mixed witches podcast you will find us you can also email us mixed witches podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on society six which is also at mixed witches podcast or you can go to our website which has launched since last week um, and that is mixed witches podcast dot Squarespace.com. I had to think. I was like, what's yes. the fucking word? That's Squarespace.com. You were like, you were like, I know, I know it. I know, I know it. Where is it? What is it? <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Enjoyed Yay. our little shielding talk and beginnings of the natal chart. Hope you got something. <laughs> yeah, hope you got something out of it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. When we were young, our minds were getting faded. Did not appreciate all that they created. We're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Thinking more, but doing less. Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Got nothing better to do Cause y'all sailing down Easiest street again Damn X marks the spot Or is it O Getting high then feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn
fire We've been burned, he's in desire Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn about paradise Play those cards, baby, roll those dice, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn we well, and then it's not You start to go, and then you stop Cause you're sailing down easy street again Damn, almost within reach But out of your grasp Drop at the bottom of your glass, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn.